Hi guys, my name's Jason Mountford and this is The Hedge Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to another week of the show. Now, guys, I'm going to level with you this week. I am feeling pretty rotten. I felt pretty rotten all week, been unwell. Um, so I'm going to ask for your forgiveness. I know a lot of you have been listening to me for a while now. It's uh, kind of coming up to probably 18 months since the very first episode of the podcast. So you feel like you know me now. You feel like you know me a little bit. Um, and I just want to be honest with you. I'm feeling pretty shit today. This is going to be a fairly short and sharp episode of the pod, but I don't want to miss a week. You know, I want to keep that consistency for two reasons. Number one, for my own habit. You know, once once you fall out of a habit or once you start making excuses, it's very easy to keep um, making more excuses or, or fall out of the habit even further, whether we're talking about our financial situation, our budget, our investment plan or fitness goals, whatever the case may be. So for me, for this t- for today is the podcast. I want to make sure I get something up there to give to you guys every single week. So <clears throat> it is going to be a, a short and sharpish episode of the podcast, but it's going to be a massively or a very interesting, valuable one. And I'm not going to claim credit for this um, because one of the main reasons why it's going to be so valuable is because I've um, received an email from a listener, um, a guy called Stuart, who has given me a really fascinating tidbit of information which I've not heard before uh, and it goes hand in hand with with what I've been saying about the cost of living kind of crisis to use the fairly over the top terminology um, and I want to share it with you guys I want to share Stuart's tip it's not my tip so it means I've not had to prepare for it I can just read out his email and point you guys in the right direction. With that said, Stuart does have one question as well. Um, so he's given a little bit and then asked a little bit, which I love. Um, and so I'm going to answer his question. Um, and those are going to be two things we're going to talk about today. Number one, how to level up your income or one of the ways to look at increasing your income, earning more money, which is really important. And then number two, looking at the question. And the question, just to give you the, the sneak preview, is about basically car leasing. Is car leasing a good idea? Is it a financially sensible decision? Um, the very last thing to caveat today's episode on is that there are children playing in the house behind me and they're being very noisy school holidays after all the weather's nice who could blame them um, like I say I'm not going to have time to uh, to get in and edit this or, or record at another time so again you have to bear with me I appreciate it if this is your first time on the podcast, this is where we talk about money this is where we talk about growing wealth, investing, personal finance getting ahead financially, but importantly, getting ahead financially in a way that allows you to live the life you want to live, to live your ideal life. There's one other thing I wanted to talk to you about today as well, which is a new project that I've got coming up. Um, I know I always seem like I've got new stuff coming out all the time, but it's just my, the way my brain works. I've got to keep myself active, keep thinking about new things, keep upping my game, so to speak. So I've got a new project to share with you uh, at the end of this episode. So make sure you stick around for that. So the first thing that I wanted to get into is this email that I've got from Stuart. Now, if you wanted to email me with a question or a tip or some information that you've learned that you wanted to share with me, the best way to do that is to go to the website, thehedge.io. You can contact me there. You can see all the links to my social pages. You can email me, whatever the case may be, whatever's easiest for you to get in touch with me. I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear what's going on in your world. Now, Stuart has sent me this really kind email, um, bigs up the pot a bit, which which is always nice to hear. And I'm just going to read out the section in particular that I really wanted to share with you guys. 
I had listened to the latest episode and appreciate the anti-doom and gloom perspective. I think the same way you do and know that it's much easier on the self, the mind and the family to improve the, improve the income by a thousand pounds than to cut back endlessly. In response to your call to action on what steps you're taking to improve your financial situation, I recently started an apprenticeship alongside my nine to five in order to hopefully up my skill set and move from a data analyst role to a data scientist where skills are more valuable and more future-proof. I'm one month in and it's pretty tiring doing education again. (laughs) I'm knocking on 28, so it's been a good five years since my last lecture. My employer has been great and has agreed to allow me to dedicate 20% of my working hours to the course as one day a week. I'd encourage anyone who works at a larger employer to ask about apprenticeships. And this is the really interesting part, guys. As employers must contribute by law to a ring fence pot of money if they have a pay bill over three million pounds. So the government is just so the money is just sitting there waiting to be used, and it's known as the apprenticeship levy. That is super fascinating. I didn't know that. I've not heard of that before. I've not heard of the apprenticeship levy. I didn't realize that it was a thing. I think it's amazing. I think it's awesome. And I can almost guarantee that it's not being taken advantage of anywhere near as much as it should be. And Stuart makes a really good point there that the money is just sitting there waiting to be used. Well, this is like a a real win-win right now. Okay, let's just, let's have a look very quickly at the points to be aware of. The biggest one here is that the pay bill has to be over 3 million pounds. So it means it has to be a big company that you work for because it means their payroll, the amount of salary that they pay out in total for the whole company is 3 million. Now, I say big company, that doesn't mean it has to be a FTSE 100 company. You know, 3 million sounds like a lot of money, but actually, um, it's probably less than you think. You know, if you think of, let's say, average salary is 50,000, once you take into account people at the bottom of, um, you know, entry level roles all the way up to um, people in senior management, let's say the average salary of a company is 50K, that means you only have to have 60 employees in order to hit that threshold. So it can't be like a really tiny business with not that many people, but even a, a what I would call a large small business to a medium business to a very big business is. Um, probably going to, you know, be doing doing this um, this program. Now, I'll caveat this that I've not looked into this in a lot of detail. Um, Stuart sent me a link which I will put into the show notes as well, which is from which is just a, a gov.uk link. So, you know, this is something that's definitely worth having a bit of a look into because one of the things that I talk about a lot is. You know, things like starting side hustles, things like starting a business can be a really good way to increase your level of income, which can protect against future cost of living increases. But you might not want to do that. You might not want to take all the risk of um, starting something new. And this is the kind of thing that I have in mind when I when I've said before about taking courses or certificates or looking at ways to to career change. And you know, Stuart's found a really unique way here to train in a way that allows him to keep his existing role. Um, it allows him to um, up his skills, get new qualifications, which will eventually lead to an increase in pay. And, and you know, it's, it's a win-win from his employer's perspective. You know, like he said, the money is sitting there waiting to be used. So they would much rather be using it so they can tell good news stories, use it as a recruiting tool to, you know, talk about some of the people that are going through these kind of programs and upskills their internal workforce as well. It means that you know, Stuart, whilst he's doing this apprenticeship, he will be learning new things which he can apply to his current role. And eventually when he's finished the apprenticeship, it means he will, you know, 
potentially be a really good option for you know a, a move within the existing company. So I love this. I just thought it, I had to had to share. I'm going to do some more research on it myself because I think there, I think there's um, probably it's probably worth a deep dive here from my perspective to learn a little bit more about this because it just fits so nicely into that wheelhouse. Um, or into that kind of sentiment that I that I tried to, to get across about upskilling, looking at ways that you can potentially boost your earnings. Um, so thank you so much, Stuart, for for sending that that um, that piece of information through. Really, really appreciate it. Um, the second part of Stuart's question is that he is looking at a uh, looking at a, a car scheme essentially. So it's um it's a at least it's offered via his, his work. I won't go into the, the too many specifics of, of his particular circumstances because everybody's sort of situation is going to be different on this. But really, what I wanted to talk about is car leasing versus buying a car or buying a used car and owning it over owning it for a longer period of time. Doesn't make financial sense. So car leasing. One of the, the the reasons why it can often appear to make a lot of financial sense is because everything's bundled into one payment, or almost everything. Uh, and it can be different depending on the type you get, but you can get things like your tires, your servicing, um, your insurance, all bundled into one monthly payment, um, which is pretty attractive from an administration point of view, makes things pretty easy easy to, to use. And it, it also means that you can get a, a pretty new car, a, new, a very, very new car, and keep having new cars you know often you'll get a new car with say a three or four year lease at which point you swap it over and you you're able to to get another new car with a new lease so it allows you to continuously have up-to-date new cars and a lot of the the costs kind of bundled in so it's easier to, to budget the other end of the spectrum obviously is buying a car either new or used and keeping it for as long as you can funding all the costs yourself and that sort of thing. And I think this is a really interesting one because this, for me, is one of those areas where personally I'm prepared to make a decision that is potentially a little bit worse financially overall or a bit worse financially overall to have a easy improvement to my quality of life. You know, if you want to save the maximum amount of possible. If you want a car, the cheapest possible price, the cheapest thing is to do a buy is to do to do is to buy a used car, run it till it dies. You know, generally speaking, you're not going to be able to get cheaper than that. As long as you're not going crazy and buying a used Bentley or something like that. You know, buying a a relatively modern, newish used car and running it till it's dead is the rock bottom choice to make. But the problem with that is it does come with more risks. You know, you are relying on the reliability of that particular vehicle. And after it's passed its, its warranty period, that is kind of luck of the draw. You know, these days, modern cars are, they're pretty reliable, but that you also can't work on them yourselves. You know, there's so many electronics and things like that, that if something goes wrong, you are going to have to be paying um, someone a pretty hefty premium to to do those repairs for you. So there is an element of risk involved with, with a used car that you don't get with a with a newer car that's under warranty, um, and so from my perspective, I love the idea of leasing. Actually, um, you know, I think as long again as long as you're not going crazy with it, um, as long as you're not, you know, getting a G wagon with a four thousand a month re- repayment or, or payment that sort of thing. You know, I think it makes a lot of sense, and it makes a lot of sense for a couple of reasons. Number one, um, it's very very easy. You know, literally, if you get approval, you have the lease, you have the car, um, you don't have to worry about anything most of the time other than fuel. You know, 
broadly speaking, a lot of the costs are going to be built into that lease repayment. So when you're talking about things like having a budget, understanding what your expenses are, you're not going to have to worry about a £2,000 repair that might pop up on your car that's going to drain your emergency fund, right? Now, it might cost you a little bit more in, in terms of how much that ongoing payment's going to cost you um, from your from your monthly budget as opposed to the, to the used car. But I just love that. I love the certainty of knowing what is going to happen, um, what you're going to get with the, with the lease. Um, I also think that it is one of those ones where you need to you need to understand what is important to you because with a lease you will never own the vehicle you know when you buy a car outright you own it you can run it for however long and you can sell it and unless it's getting really old and really um, long in the tooth, you will be able to sell it for something. It might not be a lot, it might be a couple of grand if you're selling it seven, eight years down the track, but you will be able to recoup some money from that. With a lease, you you are you are renting the car on a long-term basis. So, you know, if that's your if 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 that's something you don't like, if you don't like the idea of of never owning the car, then a lease is not not going to be for you. Um, but I think it's just something that you the decision you need to to make off your own bat now like i say just to reiterate if you're looking from a purely financial perspective built into the lease payment is an interest rate right so it's it's not it's not a loan but it kind of is a loan um so there is an interest rate built in there there is profit margin built into that repayment that you make so you don't see it explicitly you know you just see the monthly repayment which includes the cost for the car the cost for all the extras you've got on there cost for insurance whatever is bundled in but there is an interest rate on there, and by definition, that means that you know that is going to be um, costing you more than if you bought a car in cash. Um, so if you are, if that's the answer to your question, you want to save as much money as possible and, and do the most financially, um, keep the financial outlay as low as possible. That's a good option. That that is the best option to buy it outright. Um, but leasing is definitely not a trap. It's not a scam. I think where people fall into a trap and in a scam is buying or leasing too much car. You know, if you can only afford to buy through a loan or through a, a um, through through a cash or whatever, you know, a, a twelve and a half thousand, fifteen thousand pound car, then you should just be looking at leasing something similar. Uh, you know, something of a similar similar model. Um, you know, if you can afford a twenty thousand pound, thirty thousand pound car, whatever the amount is, just because you're leasing it doesn't mean you should then get a more expensive car than what you would have got originally. You know, that is the whole point. The whole point is, is about um, avoiding lifestyle creep, and that's I think the main danger with with a car lease. It's very easy to look at, you know, something that's two hundred fifty a month that is equivalent to what you would have bought if you had to use your own cash. But then looking at something that's 400 a month and thinking, oh, that's quite a lot nicer that and I can still afford 400 a month. You know, that's where a lease can be a trap. Um, and that's not unique to car leasing. That is just, that's the way the world works. That's the way businesses work. They come up with unique payment methods that allow you and me and everybody to, to spend a little bit more money. So a really good question, Stuart. Um, you know, you can always whip out the old Excel spreadsheet if you wanted to. Um, if you wanted to really calculate this down to down to the penny, you know, effectively what you would do is if you've got a four-year lease or forty-eight-month lease, you would take your monthly uh, monthly lease repayment 
times it by 48, you can easily work out the total amount you would spend on the car lease over that that four years. Um, And any upfront payment, obviously add that in as well. And then on the kind of next line, you would do the same thing, except you would add in some projections of what you think your the um, the car would cost you if you're going to buy one outright. So you would have in the um, the insurance, the um, you know the tires, the MOT, all that kind of stuff that you you would be bundled and is now no longer bundled. Um, you would then have to take into account depreciation. So if you're going to spend 20 grand on a card, you're going to pay 20 grand cash after four years time, the length of that lease, how much is that car likely to be? You can find all that information online, the average depreciation rates of different models um, or just cars in general, whatever the difference is. If you could sell that car for 15,000 pounds or 12,000 pounds or whatever the figure is in four years, then it's cost you 8,000 pounds in depreciation over that time. So you'd need to add that in. Uh, And then of course, it's the opportunity cost. So you've now bought that car for 20,000 when that could have been 20,000 that was sitting in investments. So it's important to add up how much on average you would be likely to have earned from the investments over the course of that four years as well. So they're kind of all the things you'd need to compare. And then you will see pretty clearly, you know, from your own, the own models that you're looking at, the own vehicles you're looking at, whether there's any rebates for electric vehicles and stuff like that, what's the, what's the best option for you? And then even if the if the lease is a bit more expensive, but it's not much more expensive, you know, maybe that's the um, maybe that's the, the convenience factor. Are you prepared to pay that much? So that's how I would go about it. Um, but uh, as a general rule, I don't think leases are a bad option at all. So thank you very much, Stuart, for sending me through that question. Really appreciate it. So guys, um, just wanted to touch on a couple of um, a couple of the other bits and pieces that I have going on. As always, I have the um, the YouTube lives every Friday, Friday lunch money every to Friday, 12 o'clock. Um, this Friday is going to be pre-recorded. I have family commitments, 12 o'clock this Friday, um, but I don't want to... Uh, I don't want to leave you guys hanging. So what I would really like is if you have questions about what's going on this week in the world of investing in personal finance, drop me an email, let me know the questions. I will answer them on that video that's going up. The other project that I have on the go that I wanted to let you guys know is a new ebook that I'm writing. So the um, if you've been on the website, if you sign up to the email address, uh, to the newsletter, you'll have received the the copy of Modern Investing Fundamentals ebook. The new book that I'm working on is going to be done in summer sometime. I'm not committing to a set date, um, but it'll be done. In, it'll be completed in summer, uh, and it's called the One Hour Financial Plan. And what I want to do is I want to really break down in very simple steps, step by step, how to create a financial plan. And I think it's really important to me to have that time limit on it, uh, the One Hour Financial Plan, because financial planning is not as complicated as people make it seem. You know, the building blocks of a financial plan can be put together in an afternoon, absolutely no problem whatsoever. And so what I want to do in this book, which I've almost finished, um, is is talk you through, walk you through the step-by-step things that you need to do to have a financial in place, plan, financial plan in place that will help you 
live the life that you want to live. I'm really keen for this. This is um, this is not going to be a free one. This one is one you're going to have to pay for. Um, so the best way to keep up to date what's going on with this, because I'm going to be offering a pre-order discount on the book, um, is to make sure that I've got your email address, make sure you've added it in on the website, the hedge.io, and pretty soon, sometime over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be sending out an offer to pre-order the book. It's not going to be expensive. Um, you know, retail price is going to be around 10 quid. So it'll be a little bit less than that for people who pre-order it. Um, but jump over to the website if you haven't before, drop me your email and be kept up to date with, with what's going on with that. I'm really excited about it. I'm hoping that that's going to be a way to impart some structure. You know, these podcast episodes kind of tend to be all over the place. We talk about all sorts of random different bits and pieces. Hopefully it's all useful, but this will allow you to tie all that together. You know, step one, step two, step three, I think there's six steps in total um, to get you to take all the information you've learned from, hopefully learned, hopefully that is worthwhile that I'm sharing on the podcast, on the website, on the articles, and thread it into a, a proper financial plan. So, as always, guys, I really appreciate your support. Thank you for bearing with me today in this somewhat uh, rushed together episode. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Hope you had a fantastic Easter. Have a lovely rest of the week, and I look forward to speaking to you next week.